to talk to you. Talk shoes. All right. Recorded Sorry live. Sorry, Chris. It's all right. But if you want to talk, if you want to call in or, or whatnot, there should be that number there at the bottom, and you can um, call that, and it'll prompt you to enter that call ID number. And then you enter the PIN number, which will be either your phone number or whatever number you chose. And then it, if you choose to do that, you'll automatically get a little icon by your name, but you won't be able to talk at that point. It'll just be like, I guess, if we, um, I don't know, un- unmute you, <laughs> really. Uh, so that's how that works, at least. Um, that's how we think it works, anyway. Yeah, so we have at least one person that says, mm, I can't hear you. And that's, uh, well, that was before that he, uh, no, no, it's still there. I don't know how long ago that was. Uh, can anyone uh, or everyone else hear us? Okay. Cool. This is, uh, definitely something different. Yeah. Well, um, let's see here. Buffering audio. Yeah, there might be some issues with that. Yeah, I could imagine if it was a kind of a, depending on the audio connection, it could probably wreak some havoc on some stuff, but I guess they'll just have to deal with that, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to get a, a grip on how this thing works, how this chat works. I don't know if this is even updating anymore. What's what's the uh, last um, the last message you're seeing on that on the, in the chat? Mine keeps saying buffering audio. I'm not even seeing that. Hmm. I uh, all right. Let's let's try to. Huh. I'm definitely missing. Definitely missing. So, okay, what does it go sideways? Oh yeah, it goes sideways. Maximize this. Well, that's different. I don't know if you've had to scroll to the right yet, but yeah, the stuff definitely scrolls uh, to the to the right, not up and down. I yeah, you can. Just, it just stays on that I, line. I noticed that you can adjust how that displays. I watched a little. Uh, little uh, thing they had there and up to the top right there's some stuff you can do I don't actually have that program you know available here but um, but I did remember seeing that you can choose the display of the chats because it did seem a little uh, convoluted the way they tried to do that yeah all right so uh, Tempest I, guess... I can see your text just so you know I don't know if anyone else can yeah they can all right I don't know if Tempest can hear me. Uh, well, um, I guess we should probably start whenever you uh, whenever you're ready. Sure. Um, I wish I had some music to uh, to start. I was going to download some really cool uh, stuff, but I couldn't find it. So uh, um, I'll just have to save that for next time. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, so uh, you're you- ready. Yeah, do you want to talk a little bit about your debate? Uh sure, we could talk about that old old J Max, Jordan Maxwell, we could 
talk about him for a little while if you want to, but um, so much stuff to cover, but yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, everybody just, uh, you know, kind of hang out. We'll, we'll get to the calls. We're just going to try to get through some stuff and then we will uh, definitely try to get some calls here. And uh, all right. So why don't you tell us about the debate you had with Jordan Maxwell? We'll just talk about that a little bit and we'll move on from there. Well, it wasn't with Jordan Maxwell. Yeah, well, guy. about Jordan Maxwell. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, it was just another guy. He had done a he had done a documentary on Jordan Maxwell, and so he was a little frustrated with the kind of things that I was saying about Jordan Maxwell. So we just, you know, we talked it out on the show. Um, barely made the show, but it ended up being all right, I think. But the main thing is really not really what happened there, but um, as you know, we've been looking into it a lot more and just found all kinds of cool stuff and well not cool i don't guess you'd say but but uh i think that we're working on or at least i'm working on the movie to kind of show what we're talking about and all this stuff and that should be out really really soon i'm the sooner the better hopefully i'll have most of it done by tonight and start getting it out there tomorrow and depends on what we get done with this stuff that we found out about his name what's up with that all right uh well i i went on the uh, jordanmaxwell.com website and it came across this thing where he's got a list of basically a list of interesting terms that if you want to be a smart guy like Jordan Maxwell, you need to look them up. And one of these terms was Jordanus Maximus. And this is like the only term really on this page where he's got a little side note on it. And the side note is this term was brought to Jordan's attention in an email he received from a rabbi, uh, we thought we'd just throw it in. And uh, basically, to uh, make a long story short, uh, just by chance, Jordan Maxwell, of course, isn't his actual name, he grabbed a name that happens to represent Madame Blavatsky's uh, basically theosophical uh, trinity, the third character in her trinity which uh, I won't get into the first two, but apparently this third character is uh, Lord Jordan, Jordanus Maximus, the water of life. He is the one through whom we all can be saved, and thus he answers to the Holy Ghost, the feminine principle of the Holy Ghost, and to the Shekinah, the veil, or the spiritual garment, and these three constitute the unrevealed trinity. So uh, I don't know. That's definitely something you got to throw yeah, out like you're making. That's crazy. I mean, but I mean, the thing is, is that it's so obvious that that's where he got his name from. I mean, first of all, he's this guy that's supposed to know everything about wrote words, and he's Mister Words, you know. And then here it is. And to make, I mean, to make another long story short, uh, in this what I've just been working on with this movie. I mean, tr- refuting his facts is basically just refuting Madame. Le- Blavatsky's facts. I mean, because it's like every single thing he says is directly from something that she wrote. And so, and then I've got clips of him saying like how wonderful he thinks she is and everything, which is, you know, I guess whatever. I'm not trying to say if somebody like somebody's writing is bad, but here for him to even deny that Jordanus Maximus, you know, he'd never heard of that one before. Right, and that was just a is, coincidence. He didn't hear about that till the rabbi told him. Yeah, rabbi told him. Rabbi told him. Uh, he had to point out something that. Well, I mean, you got to hear him talk about like, uh, like when when somebody asks him about um, 
it was, a, it was I watched a lot of video about Jordan Maxwell, but when um, somebody asked, called in and asked them about Madame Blavatsky, and he just, oh man, he perked up, and he was like, he was talking about like, you know, Star Trek episode seventy five when you know, I mean, he was like, yeah. he was like all over it, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I I just thought it was interesting because you you get this uh, well, the whole idea of like the truth movement, and you know, it's okay for someone like Jordan Maxwell to be espousing all this new age and theosophical content. But, you know, if you actually talk from a a Christian perspective, that's totally uncool, absolutely, you know, just the most evil thing ever because he's he's revealing, he's bringing the, uh, in essence, what he's doing is he's just indoctrinating people into their system. I mean, you get a quote, this is coming from Blavatsky herself, I am speaking here in the language of symbolism, which is, as you well know, the language of truth. I mean, basically, he's just teaching people how to interpret this ancient uh, language of of just truth, you know, that is symbolism. And, you know, people just don't understand that. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, everything that he uh, says about, like, I mean... uh, I mean, you have those clips of him saying, you know, that's how that's how you make, you know, every time he mentions like what God wants, he's always talking about like, you know, he'll get to some kind of thing where he's like, you know, we're the creator, we're not in tune with the creator, and everything that has to do with that is always something about how we don't know something or we haven't learned anything enough yet, or we don't, we're too dumb, we're too stupid, we're not haven't learned. It's always God is just really, really concerned about what we know and don't know. You know, it's like, oh, okay, well, um, good luck with that, I guess. But the only thing is, it's it's totally obviously Blavatsky, and she's she's. I mean, it's it's in everything that he's doing. I mean, it's obvious. Right. And then right. and then, you know, to have the connection between the everything. I mean, basically, his whole thing is either. I guess you could kind of call it Gnostic. Kabbalistic or theosophic, probably more properly, but same thing with Caesarian. I mean, it's like these guys are the truth movement, and it, they also are theosophy. Although Caesarian would ag- argue that theosophy was hijacked from the pure and wonderful form of Blavatsky. Now it's just all, oh well, you know, now how, you know how it is now. It's oh like, yeah, okay. yeah, corrupt. <laughs> you know, well, you get right. this this idea that like the uh, the Catholics are out there and they're like using the Jesuits to influence people and and this and that, which, of course, they are. And, you know, you've got the same crap going on in in the Protestant faith now where you've just got basically people that are working for the New World Order just mixed right in there. But, you you know, looking at this this stuff from Blavatsky, you've got this concept of ten seed groups that um, basically she was told to send these people out there and use what are basically... uh, compartmentalized groups of people that she wanted to, you know, basically uh, go out like germinating seeds and to land in all different facets of society to bring about uh, a comprehension of like what the theosophical society is. And uh, in many ways, it, it really correlates to what like Benjamin Krem is doing with the Maitreya and all this stuff. But I mean, you have 10 groups and I, I'm not. I'm just going to touch on this real quick. I'm going to tell you what they are. The first is uh, telepathic communicators who are going to basically take instruction from their divine masters. 
you've got trained observers, which if I had to guess, I would guess that Jordan Maxwell is a trained observer. They're, uh, this is coming from her. Um, their objective is to see clearly through all events. And uh, they have a great task to basically dispel the world illusion, which, you know, is what we all thought we were living in, and to bring about this uh, change through the uh, pouring in of light. And, you know, you have magnetic healers, you have uh, educators, political organizers, workers in the field of religion, scientific servers, so you could have like someone like Sitchin or whatnot fall into that category, psychologists, uh, financiers and economists, and different creative workers, and they work through their expression and whatnot to bring about this uh, change in vibration or whatnot. And, you know, we just don't realize how deeply entrenched I guess we kind of do, but I don't think most people do. These these people are, and that's why you're getting people playing around with Oprah, and you've got you know all of these uh, movements in in the church where there's just uh, it it basically just spreading New Age doctrine all over the place, bringing it to the masses, and, and you know tweaking the truth. Here's the hidden revelation. Here's the hidden this and that. And uh, I should stop talking so you can say something. Well, no, I mean, it's like, you know, it is, it's really, uh, I heard, uh, I was listening to Sarian last night talk about the, uh, the Theosophic Society and stuff, and he was admitting, you know, like, the the lure of secret knowledge is so, um, is so intoxicating that that's how, and he was talking about, you know, using a little, not in him, of course, and the other people, but uh, using just a certain percentage of truth and mixed in with, you know, well-placed, slick lies, and I'm like, man, come on. You know, but what's interesting about the 10 seed groups is also notice that it says the seed groups are in the process of being esoterically anchored in the field of the, I mean, what the, I mean, they're getting esoterically anchored right now, (laughs) you know, how does that, and then you look at, I mean, you look at what they, I I think, well, what they did with uh, Krishmarati, I know I pronounced that that wrong, but uh, it doesn't matter. Um, He was getting trained by theosophists, uh, theosophists, I don't, I guess, um, the, Ani Besant and C.W. Ledbetter basically trying to make him the world teacher. And, you know, you could see them like prating him around and, you know, from very, very, very early age, I guess, esoterically anchoring him, you know, all his life. And, you know, we just, these people just don't come out of nowhere. And it's, uh, it seems like, it seems like, and I'm not saying that necessarily Maxwell is, had that happen to him. I get, the more I watch, you know, as we were talking about earlier, is like, I just not sure that he is, quote, one of them per se, but at the same time, he has had to be confronted with the um, problems in his theory at some point, and he's not changing it, you know. Right, right. Well, I mean, I don't know. Do I trust him? Not as far as I can throw him. Do I think that he truly believes what he's saying? I think probably, and he probably knows that there's money to be made with it, but I mean, tell tell everybody about the uh, the Pleiadian thing. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess he definitely. I mean, I could play that clip, um, but basically, um, I mean, I guess I could play it. I don't know if I could say it faster than I could play it or whatever. I have it pretty well edited. This doesn't really do it justice in the movie that's going to come out. It really talk shows a lot about what builds up to it and everything. But uh, 
this is important, I think. I'll just say it. Basically, he, um, you know, he had this experience with uh, extraterrestrials, UFOs, seeing them. When he, they just emanated fear. He just kept on saying, that, oh, my gosh, they just emanated this fear. Basically, um, a lot of weird stuff happened. Real satanic stuff happened that night to his friends, and a lot of weird satanic stuff happened to the car, and a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff that makes a lot of sense if you've really looked at some of the what people are saying they're they're experiencing with these alien encounters, and they, you know, to me mirror demonic encounters almost in, in most cases, and in also most cases it seems like these people are in the process or have been opening quote doors for this uh, this. Um, you know, that, that end of things. But anyway, um, so he goes back there after all this really, I mean, all I can say is satanic stuff happened to his friends in this hotel room. He goes back to that spot in the desert, um, like a few months later and, and rents a car, gets in the back of it and says, Hey, I know you're there. I'll just want you to know, I'm, I will do whatever you want. I'll, you can use me, lead me, lead, open the doors for me, do whatever you need to do with me. I'll do it. But just don't scare me in my bedroom or abduct me, and I'll do it. So then later on, he goes to a psychic a few, I don't know what, weeks, months later. Uh, she sits him down and is talking to somebody. He's like, who are you talking to? He's like, I'm talking to the, the those who brought you here. He's like, what, brought me to your house? He's like, no. She's like, no, uh, they brought you to this planet. It's like, you're they're Pleiadians and they brought you here to basically be their emissary and all this stuff. And he's like, Oh, okay. And, um, then she says, and they also told me that you rented a car and went out to the desert and sat on the back of the hood and you put your feet in the back seat and said that you would do, um, whatever they wanted you to do as long as they didn't, you know, scare them in your bedroom and whatever. And, and uh, that they were going to use you and channel through you to do all this stuff. And so in in one sense, I, I think he does believe that he is um, helping the Pleiadians. And I think that in a lot of ways, that's just Satan's gig. You know, I mean, he, he uses whatever he can get people to think he is or whatever. In most cases, he probably uses pride. A lot of people I know have, quote, psychic powers or were just so prideful about their psychic powers. You know, I mean, it's like, yeah, well, you know, I don't think it's you, but, you know, how are you going to tell them that? Anyway, um, I guess I'll, I'll finish up in saying it like this. I think that I don't think that he is, quote, working for them as we see the infrastructure real New World Order, but at the same time, he's working for them, who I believe are really behind the New World Order. And he's, you know, so who's to say that, you know, I don't know. Right, right. Well, uh, I don't know. My my two biggest uh now my two biggest gripes with him really. I mean, and there's a long list, but the fact that he was initiated in the in the Great Pyramid, I mean, that to me says an awful lot. And uh the Jordanus Maximus thing. And uh what was the guy's name that you had the debate with, Matt? Yeah, Matt. And he was saying that well, you know, just because you use a name doesn't mean anything because his his show is uh 33rd degree or whatever and that doesn't necessarily mean that he's involved in this stuff it just means that he's trying to expose it but with Maxwell and that Jordanus Maximus thing he doesn't even have you know the uh, gall to sit there and tell you well yeah I picked this name because I'm influenced by Blavatsky he's just going to sit there and cop out and say yeah Rabbi just happened to point this out years later so you know it's definitely hiding something and, uh, well, 
Well, the thing that makes me not care, what I, I do think this this uh, documentary that I'm going to put out here in just a day or whatever is really so amazing that nobody has caught on to this yet. It's going to really affect this situation, I think, and his thing. And, and the thing that makes me not care one bit about it is because he is the most blasphemous guy I've ever heard talk. I mean, if you watch some of his stuff, it's it's just pure, just demonic blasphemy and he's using and it sounds just almost true enough and the entire true truth movement is literally believing absolute unfounded blasphemy it's 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 crazy right and it's like what i'm I'm looking in the chat right now it's what ricky said it's a whole lot of misinformation that comes along with the truth you know they, they give you just enough to suck you in and then oops or you accidentally are now damned to hell because you believed you know, all of what we said, all of what I said, instead of just, uh, you know, thinking rationally and logically about what I'm saying. You can't be, everything the guy says is based in modern-day English. If if you're so unlearned to understand that not only are there other languages today that it wouldn't hold up under scrutiny with, let alone the actual languages where these, you know, verses and quotes and whatnot, things that he's uh, playing with actually come from, it's it just you can't possibly take a lot of what what he says seriously. And yeah, it's it's totally blasphemous. It is. I mean, here uh, listen to him talk about uh, uh, this one. I'll just show you what I mean. Of Pillsbury cooking oil called oh, Crisco. Oh, Crisco is Christo. Christo is Christ. So Jesus Christ is Jesus the oil. Wait, hold on. That's, that's not. That's not really the blasphemous part. He actually, the blasphemous part next. I think I just cut these clips a little too short. Uh, but obviously, um, he's, it, oil is not right. It would be anointing. It would be like saying the word uh, for uh, covered means with chocolate, because sometimes things that are covered are with chocolate. I mean, but it, it's uh, it goes on like that. It's really ridiculous. A lot of it. But and nobody's calling him on this. I mean, it's. I, I, I'll just have to wait. For the rest of that, I'm sure we can get into some other stuff here in a minute because I'm really going to cover this pretty well um, in, in in the little thing. But I also I'll say that that I don't know if I will cover that that um the ten the ten thing because what what was that again? What's the title of that? The uh, ten C groups. Yeah, That's crazy. Ten C groups, and she says she goes as far as to say, and I wanted to touch on this a little bit. Um, basically, that these groups will enable. Uh, with new sciences, which would be the sciences that we're dealing with today, a new approach to divinity with new education and new modes of handling the economic situation and political problems to precipitate and further the growth of the kingdom of God. So when you hear these groups, these or these so-called Christian people that for no reason at all believe that somehow they're powerful enough or that it's their responsibility to build Christ's kingdom on earth. Basically, uh, the Zionists, well, that's what they're doing, and they're they're going to come down. I mean, they're. I look at this in many ways like these people are set to fail, and they're going to be. This is my com- completely my opinion here. They're going to be chewed up and spit out at the end. They're going to be used. It's going to be like the way you were saying, George Bush. Uh, you know, he represents the Christians. And, well, when we find out or when the masses find out that all the stuff that's been going wrong in the world 
is resting on decisions and things that these people, these quote-unquote Christian Zionists or Jewish Zionists or whatnot, have been doing to bring about the end times, basically, then people are going to say, oh, man, all these prophecies were bogus. All this, seeing all this stuff fulfilled is bogus because these people have been doing it behind the scenes and creating these scenarios right along. And then I think you're going to have the answer show up. I mean, that's, that's my take on it. So you're going to get the fact that these things came true, but you're going to get a different twist on it. And I know that probably sounds very strange, but... Uh, no, I, I mean, that's, that's what has to happen. I mean, he has to make... The, what he has to make it look like he I'm speaking of Satan now he would have to make it look right. like it was his idea it's like oh no I was planning all that stuff you know it's like well come on now and and I think that I think that it is it, and probably at that point I don't know I don't know if people will even be coherent enough to be like hey what what was prophesied 2000 years ago in fact 3000 years ago with the old testament and everything is happening now i don't even know if people are going to w- wake up to see that in time but if they do they'll have that that uh, to fall back on but i do yeah. think that at that point it'll be so muddled with whatever they're going to do with this alien card or whatever you know it's going to be such a different world as far as in the minds of men after that happens right well it's like you know, we've had it beat into our heads. The Antichrist is going to come out of the European Union and he's going to show up and everyone's going to love him and he's going to, you know, everyone's going to have to take a mark in their hand. And it's like, that's totally played out and everyone is looking for that. Everyone in the world, that those, even people who aren't Christians have seen movies dealing with it or have talked to people, they know what 666 is. You know, it, it's got to be something way, way, way bigger than that. Otherwise, it won't work. Everybody will see it and, and see right through it. But, uh, yeah, you want to talk about the alien thing? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So uh, I talked about this in last night's podcast, and I had a handful of really uh, very funny emails today. And uh, I saw one was forwarded to you, basically like, uh, what the hell? You know, uh, Vatican, it's okay to believe in aliens. And... Uh, Basically, you have this uh, chief astronomer, and I believe this guy has has made comments about evolution and stuff before, too. But um, he basically said that it's okay to believe in aliens. It doesn't contradict faith in God, which I don't think it does, and I don't think you think it does either. But uh, what the guy uses here is a key New Age term, and you can just look for Benjamin Krem talking about this stuff. Um, the interview in this Vatican newspaper was entitled The Extraterrestrial is My Brother, which, uh, you know, you get the Space Brothers all through the New Age movement, Space Brother this, Space Brother that, oh, when are the Space Brothers going to come? They uh, they live on a higher plane of existence than us, a higher, you know, astral plane or whatever. They can transverse through universes and and, and this and that, so I, mean, I don't know what you want to say about it, but I just uh, it actually blew my mom's mind because I talked to her about this stuff, and she told me point blank, uh, you know, I constantly try to tell myself that you're not crazy, and when I saw this one, it, it really kind of validated the fact that maybe you're not. So uh, I don't know if you want to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, I, I know. It's, it's, it's the exact same. Th- I think the weird thing is not so much what they said. Like you said, I... I 
I think what they said was more or less, you know, true. I think there's some theological issues that maybe, you know, one could argue that it, it, they can't coexist. But I think just generally speaking, yeah, they can they can coexist. It doesn't exclude it. Um, but but like you said, it's the idea, number one, that they use the space brother terms, that if the aliens show up, they are our brothers. Everybody got that. And then the fact that it went global. I mean, I've got emails. I mean, granted, you know, I get you know, emails from if, if something like this happened that people would be like, Hey, what are you crazy? You, you're actually serious, you know? But, um, but then again, I mean, it must've just been everywhere because, um, people that don't normally look for this kind of thing, it must've been on all the, uh, you know, Yahoo news and the AOL dum dum, you know, news thing, you know, yeah, I mean, definitely, it's like, definitely. It, it was definitely on drudge. It was on the drudge report. So, like, you know, uh-huh. but, and then you have that, it, they are. I think, uh, I mean, it, it's definitely probably still going to be a slow and steady thing, but I think that slow and steady pace has been going for a while now, too. Well, I think a lot of the, uh, it almost it almost got commonplace there for a second to have UFOs reported seriously by the news and like, oh, yes, we don't know what they are. And, and they always make sure to tell you that it was firemen and policemen and, you know, everybody, everybody agrees this was real. And so... Um, and then they and they also simultaneously float a uh, the Air Force said it was a um, jack o' lantern or something stupid, yeah, and so so everybody could so they could uh, so the, all the the conspiracy um, boards can be like you know debunking it and feel like they've done something. It's like it couldn't be a jack o' lantern because a jack o' lanterns don't fly, and then it's like you know they I don't know it's obvious seems like to me. Yeah, and then you get. Uh... I guess that was that was yesterday when when that came out, and then yesterday we had this is from the Sun, British uh, British X file papers revealed, and you get this whole thing about the British uh, putting out their you know all their classified documents on UFOs that just happened to come out yesterday too. So you know, it's it's not an accident, it's not a coincidence, you know. And if anything, people should wonder why the British government and the Vatican are timing press releases about UFOs and aliens? Well, I think probably it could have been looked at as the um, release for the government of the UFO, the long-awaited disclosure of the UFO files prompted the Vatican's statement. But, um, you know, still, though, I mean, the Vatican is not stupid. It knows what it what it does with the press releases. I mean, and also, um, they use those things like, like Hitler propaganda, which isn't, you know, too weird considering the Pope is a former Hitler youth. And anyway, I told you about this was it today or yesterday, but the iTunes has a Vatican um, uh, oh, yeah. thing yeah. that you can subscribe to, <laughs> and it's like propaganda today from the Vatican, and it's always like, and he and his voice really is like, and today we were. I know, I, mean, like, <laughs> I know. I noticed that when he was here, I was like, holy crap, he sounds just like you know. <laughs> Like just a, like a, a Nazi, just totally <laughs> like I can just close my eyes and see Hitler when he's talking. Really, seriously, oh, is man. Like, but it yeah, is like, like go, ahead. go ahead. You're good. I was going to talk about the propaganda thing that they. I mean, it, it is like just w- one little snippet of what they want to propaganda today, and it's really, really anti-Israel stuff a lot. Palestinians caught tripping a baby, uh, you know, cow and smothering it or something like that. Like just totally unnewsworthy, like just propaganda, anti-Israel stuff. So oh, it's yeah. like obvious oh. that it, 
could have Nazi ties. I mean, the whole rat lines thing where, you know, um, Operation Paperclip, a lot of those Nazi scientists and officers were filtered through the Vatican. So, I mean, it's like not exactly a big leap of faith. No, don't say that. That that could never happen. Right. Uh, Yeah, well, definitely we're going to have to check out that uh, the Vatican podcast and play along with that one. Oh, there's a CFR podcast too. So, and that's that's also incredibly uh, twisted because they're like talking about the economy in such a well above them kind of way, and uh, you hear like laughs and ha ha ha. And they're always like everything is a joke. Like everything is a joke. It's just at least it wasn't the one I listened to. It was so so raw. Anyway, I, I just uh, I don't know if you guys can. I guess you can. I was hoping that. You could uh, copy this URL I just stuck in here. NASA also put out a uh, a press release today about a, uh, I think it was an exploding supernova or something that happened only 140 years ago, and they've got a picture here. And it just looks so much like a, a flaming eyeball to me. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing that I'm probably just paranoid about it, but it it really looks like an eye. I don't know. Yeah, well, we need a we need Cindy in here. If she's in here, she should uh, call in. That would be a good one to to get our NASA update. I wonder if she's been looking into it, but I don't know if any of those are on there. But I'm sure there's some sort of thing going on there. Yeah, well, you know, it's just all time to to just start pumping them out. And that was a that was a press release that was in the works for a long time, or a press conference, and they just said that we found something they've been looking for for 50 years, and they weren't going to speculate on what. You know, they weren't going to let you know what, but they were going to let everyone speculate about what it could possibly be. So, uh, you know, that, for whatever reason, God. I just don't know where, where uh, what, what's, what's, I don't, I don't see where you're going with that one, I guess. I mean, I'm, you know, if you could just expand well, on was, a little bit. There were all kinds of when I when I came across it I came across it on uh, I don't even know what conspiracy site but everyone was uh, is it going to be Planet X is it going to be this is it what is oh, okay. it that they found that everyone's been looking for and uh, you know whatever oh, okay I see yeah yeah who knows uh, but but that I, I mean as far as the significance of the supernova and the center of the galaxy and all that stuff and the conspiracy theorists ruining their party or something like that was also that uh, some part of that at least that article or something so um but uh yeah i don't know what's up with that yeah so uh it did look like they superimposed that blue thing on there though or was it didn't look like that was actually a part of the actual supernova it would just look like it was real fancy and made it look extra like an eye yeah i don't know is that now I'm looking at it. Is that even supposed to be the actual picture? I guess it is. Using a combination of radio and X-ray, so maybe they're just telling you that they actually uh, superimposed multiple images into one here. But I mean, every time I see one of these things, it just it strikes me. I I don't know. I don't really even know, like you know, what it is that I'm looking for. I just I'm suspicious of a lot of things, and everybody knows that. So. Did they ever resolve the uh, the Bigfoot on Mars question uh, a few few months back? Um, I think they just said it's a rock, but you know, who knows? You know, I, everybody's just going to say, well, it's this or it's that. We'll see. I mean, there's a reason that the Phoenix is is going up there now, so we'll see what happens. 
Oh, great, great. The Phoenix is going to Mars. That this sounds great symbolically. Yeah, it's, isn't that going to land any day or something? <laughs> I don't know. I hope I mean, it doesn't land any day. Yeah, it's it's best. I I don't even remember when it was. It was bound to land at like very soon. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly when, but it it was supposed to happen very soon. Uh, yeah, I don't know where you want to go from here. Uh, I don't know. Um, what else have you been working on this week? I mean, has it been pretty much a standard week for you? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's been a busy week. Uh, as usual, just trying to piece things together. I mean, it's early in the week, but my brother's been sick. I went up to my mother's the other day. She had shoulder surgery, so I've been I've been pretty much driving all over the place. Um, I'm hoping I'm really hoping that tomorrow I'm gonna sit down and work more on the GI Joe thing that I'm working on. But, uh, um, so, yeah, is S uh, SW Florida? Are you uh? wanting to call in or um, is there anybody that wants to call in and has a question or anything like that, you can uh, dial the number there on your screen there to the bottom, one seven two four 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 seven four four four, and then enter the caller ID on, that, on the call in now box and then it'll ask you to enter your PIN number. And if anybody wants to, they can just uh, chime in on the chat box and we'll get you on. But, All right, uh, so where's... Uh... SW. Oh, I don't know if they necessarily. Oh, yeah, it looks like they do. SW, are you there? Yes, I'm. This is Cindy calling in. All hey. right, how you doing? <laughs> I figured it out. Good. So, what have you been up to? Well, I'll tell you what. You know, the whole NASA thing. I'm going to go off point a, a bit here. Um, okay. Go for it. It, it's totally, um, I believe the money is going in there purely to fund all the black ops stuff, you know. Um, it's just like this whole black hole thing, and we can just pour money into NASA and do whatever with it, but the money's, I don't believe the money's necessarily out going there. I'll tell you what, um, I think we're in the middle of a weather war. I really do. I think that I think we're in the middle of World War Three, and it's being fought with the weather right now. And it's yeah, I think just, so too. you know, it's just there's just too many things on point, too many things coming together. Um, how how do you fight a war anymore anymore when you don't want to destroy the infrastructure? You know, yep. and here's here's something else for you. Where are all these people going that? have had their homes destroyed. I mean, there's never a follow-up. I just wonder I just wonder about those communities out in the middle of nowhere. They've been taken out and you never really go back and revisit it. You know, I I may be going way out in the yayas here, but it just it weighs on my mind a little bit. It just does. Yeah, it's, that's an extremely good point. Uh Frank, what do you think about all of it? All of it? What do you mean out in the middle of nowhere, here in the United States or in other In the countries? United States. I'm talking about the United States right now, yeah. Yeah. Well, the people from uh, Katrina clearly are still living in uh, trailers, and God only knows, you know, what they've done with the people that were in the trailers that were uh, reeking of formaldehyde and stuff. There you go. Exactly. And where do they go? I have no idea. So, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's you a know, we've. Point. 
we've got cyclones now headed again toward Miramar. We've got another one headed toward Japan, which is supposed to go off course and not hit Japan. Who knows what's going to happen with it? Um, it just seems like an east-west thing lining up. And uh, Yeah, one thing I could definitely chime in on there is it really seems like the there was a big push with the famine uh, thing to really force a lot of the people, the growers that were holding out for using genetically modified food to no longer be able to afford GM or to afford not to use genetically modified food. And that happened a lot with this last drought. And while the famine may be very real, and I think that it is real in a, in a lot of ways, but I also think that it's, it's being, um, it, it, part of this is weather modification to do different things like corner to markets and drive up prices and to force GM food, or at least to propagate the idea that we need GM food. And uh, it's just that that whole thing is just ridiculous. I talked to somebody who was in research and development the other night for um, for uh, soybeans, and it was just crazy what they were saying about what soybeans could do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And let me tell you, down in, this, in, in our area, um, all day long yesterday we had no chemtrails, and it was so unusual so unusual to see it, the sky clear all day long that it was just weird because yeah. we're just used to seeing planes flying back and forth doing grid patterns every day, mm-hmm. every day. And so, yeah, it's, um, it, it's accelerating definitely. And I, and I figure you get, you know, you get people hungry enough, they'll, they'll follow you for food. They'll do whatever. They'll do whatever. And, uh, you have countries that have enough foresight now to say, hey, wait a minute, we're not going to export anymore, you know. And now we've taken out our wheat crop out in the Midwest. Um, uh, my husband had a really interesting conversation with a uh, citrus grower here, that he, a friend of ours that he grew up with. And we had something in Florida called the Mediterranean fruit fly. And they were spraying for it all over the state. And his grove completely died off. And Jeff was talking to him about it. And he says, you know, I wish that they would have done something about the big growers. And Jeff said, what are you talking about? And he said, yeah, they never, they never spread anything for the big growers. The, the big growers just died off. They just, they just went in these people's backyards and just, you know, sprayed their backyards. And I went online a couple of days later and read this article. Now, this, you know, this was just some guy's opinion. He said, you know, I think that they were just getting people used to uh, having somebody from the government come in and spray your foliage and say, you have to let us do it. Who knows? Hmm. Am I still here, by the way? Can I, you can hear me? You are there. You are definitely there. Okay, cool. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break out now. I just wanted to call in and add my two cents to it. Okay, thanks. And thanks I'm listen to you all. All right. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Keep in touch. So uh, I, I definitely think we're, we, we are involved in some kind of a weather war or an earth changes war, so to speak. I mean, so much stuff going on. I mean, earthquakes, cyclones, tornadoes, and, you know, maybe I'm nuts, but it seems like an awful lot of it kicked off in the fall, right, when uh, Bush was 
getting involved with the uh, the Annapolis stuff. I mean, we had the precursors. We had the uh, the tsunami and Katrina and stuff, but everything seems to really have sped up since the Annapolis conference. Yeah, yeah, it definitely looks like it. I'm afraid that we'll probably have a lot more of that going on, you know. Yeah. Um, just for a word to the wise, uh, Frank, if you have the um, – Things say the connection was reset or whatever. I, when it happened to you earlier, I noticed that I could still hear you, and it just actually needed to reboot the thing. But apparently, you don't need to redial or anything. I, I heard myself redial, and I'm like, "Am I still on there?" Anyway, um, so if it says that to you, it just needs to reboot the software. It looks like that you still stay connected. Okay, that's cool. Um, right, I guess. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. You got. Uh, we got. Looks like we got a caller there. Tempest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we yep. hear you, man. What's up? Hey, guys. Really glad to get a chance to talk to you, especially you, Chris. I listened to that interview, and maybe I missed something. Now, I've only heard Matt Cassie a couple times this show. hope I'm pronouncing his name right. But it's Cassie. Okay. Uh, you know, I've heard Jordan Maxwell for a couple years now, both on Coast to Coast AM and on the Edge AM, and the things this guy says, he's no friend of Christianity. I, I can't believe that this Matt Cassie guy's defending him. I mean, if you you can you can go and listen to the Edge AM interview with Jordan Maxwell. He says things like, "Moses worshipped the moon god." Are you for yeah. real? <laughs> oh and yeah, man. How does he defend this guy? This guy has no friend in Christianity at all. I know he says. I mean, he says all of Judaism is a complete lie, and all the world's problems are because of Judaism. I mean, he goes. He says that Yahweh means sexual release and uh and uh you know basically it, it goes on and on man the guy I, I know what you're saying uh, yeah yeah and, and in fact i'm glad you mentioned that because uh after you said that uh matt kesey stated that that it made him think of the big bang well, well that's what maxwell says well yeah but he wasn't quoting maxwell when he said that it just it just confused me this didn't sound like a christian speaking and i'm referring to kesey well, I don't know. Um, I, like I said, maybe I missed something, but I, I was really disappointed that I didn't hear the show live because I really wanted to call in and say something. <laughs> right. Well, um, you know, I think that I, I think I, I had a, uh, some dealings with Matt before that show and about the week before, uh, so I had a chance to really get down and really kind of see what he was about. And I really do think that he is – he just – I don't know. I, what happened was a lot of that had to do with he he did the documentary with Maxwell and he like went out to L.A. and actually stayed with Maxwell in his house and sh- and really Maxwell apparently was just in a really poor state of events you know was really run down no money you know people couldn't do anything government after him and the rest of it or whatever and basically it seemed like Matt probably put a lot of money and effort and time and energy so. Honestly, I saw him as probably a guy who, you know, really is a Christian. He said, and he actually voiced a lot of those concerns about being a Christian to Maxwell. And Maxwell, of course, knowing that he was talking to Christian, had just the right answer, which he's been probably saying to every Christian that asked him those questions for the last 40 years when he actually was confronted with it, which I think is exactly what happened on the Bill Cooper program when all of a sudden, oh, yeah, 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 he just turns on a, like a switch. I mean, he's just like, oh. Then he admits it's all mystery school and everything else. So I think that he kind of played that end of things with with uh, Kazee in addition to the fact that um, that probably Matt had a lot 
basically emotionally invested in Maxwell not being a total fraud. Well, I'm, I'm glad you challenged him a lot because Daniel Ott, when he interviewed Jordan Maxwell, didn't challenge anything. So that was refreshing. Oh, by the way, just to, on a side note before I get off, have you explained to Mac has the significance of Latitude 33? I, I thought about it. I did think about that, uh, but I just figured, you know, we got a lot going on, so we'll just we'll just leave it leave it <laughs> yeah, leave it there. <laughs> All right. Well, look, guys, thanks a lot. Love both your shows. All my neighbors listen to y'all now. Keep it up, really. You guys right. are making a difference. All right. Right on, man. Thanks All right. a lot. Thanks, thanks a lot. Chris. Thanks, Frank. Bye. Right on. Take care. Back at rock. Yeah, absolutely. We have uh, we got a couple of other Revelations Radio Network hosts in here, and uh, if they want, they should call up, and we'll you know we'll turn them on. They yeah, can uh, hear you, Mark's here. Yeah, if you want, we can use uh, Skype to do that. Uh, it's kind of a little tricky. It's not that tricky. You just dial the number with Skype, and, and then it'll ask you. It'll prompt you to enter the rest of the whatever caller ID and your PIN number but then you just got to go back and hit the uh, the window where it allows you to punch numbers again in the middle of the call. If that wasn't confusing enough, then uh, all right. <clears throat> but anyway. Yeah, uh, I want to I wanna just mention again, in case anyone hasn't heard my last show, the uh, the feed is messed up again on Padango. There are shows missing. Um, I'm not sure if they fixed it between when I last checked and now, but they told me they were going to email me when it's fixed. Uh, I think... At least one of Ziggy's shows is missing. There's some Smart Faith shows, Chris's last show. Uh, so, you know, if if you're not seeing these shows updating, definitely go and, you know, seek out their feeds and, and download them from their, you know, directly from, like, the Nowhere to Run feed or the Smart Faith feed or whatever. Um, yeah, it's, that's what I want to say about that. Yeah, uh, you know, and another thing yeah. about, just to continue with the Matt Kazee thing, I think that, Part of that was he, um, he I think, and like a lot of people, are pretty new in this whole, um, you know, in this whole thing. And I mean, that's all, if you really think about it, that's kind of all the mainstream waking up has to offer is your Jordan Maxwells and Michael Tessarians. And it's by design, make no mistake. So if somebody's only a year or two into this, they've got a lot of um, baggage to shed. And so I think that's where somebody, and I think to be where Matt is and which is, you know, he basically woke up as far as I understand it with the Virginia tech shooting because he lived in Blacksburg, Virginia and everything just kind of came like a ton of bricks to him. So it's only been a year basically of the guy woken up and here he is. He's the guy that confronted Bill Clinton on the, uh, in the YouTube, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the we are changed thing. And so, and he, so he's, he's, and he's got a radio and a web, web, website. You know, he's he's really you know doing doing some good. He just like I said, I mean, there's a lot of baggage to to shed because there's so much uh, esoteric stuff in this uh, truth movement. Yeah, and it's it's like you said, all by design. Because as you as you come out of that shell, like as you know, you start getting the truth. You're getting lies about Christianity, and it's it's meant to reveal to you all of the evil in the world and the quote-unquote matrix you're living in and to just lump your Christian faith in with that. So, yeah, they're saying a lot of things that make sense. They're talking about some things that are true. And at the same time, if you're not rooted, you know, in your faith and you don't actually know the Word of God, then it's that's going to come crashing down with it too because you're not really expect. It's, I look at it like this. When I had a dog... 
he would never eat his pills. So we always had to wrap the pill in a piece of cheese because he liked cheese. So, you know, they give you the truth and it's like the cheese and what they're actually giving you is this spiritual poison and that's the pill. You know, it's just one of these, you know, here, sucker, why don't, you know, swallow this. And I don't know, Matt seemed like a really sincere guy. He seemed like a really nice guy. So, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to rip on him, but yeah, I, you know, you know how I, I agree 120% with everything that you said. Right. And, you know, it is, I mean, again, it's like this whole waking up thing is like a really, it's a, it's a drug in itself. Part of the carrot that they offer to people is this um, natural tendency for us to like, you know, I mean, there's this moment, these moments in everybody's uh, time when they first figure all this stuff out that they are essentially addicted to finding out more. And then you get get this idea that it's some kind of secret, some kind of secret that you, you know, it's kind of unraveling. You're looking at all this hermetic, you know, drawings and stuff. And the more esoteric looking and the more detailed they are, you're more, the more you're like, mm, yes, here is the here is the truth somewhere in this. I don't understand it because it's all... Well, it's too above my head right now, but if I just really, really put my nose at the grindstone and find more avenues to learn about, you know, more of this, and it's just a big, it, it's playing on that, on that uh, human um, thing. I think we got, we all got. <clears throat> anyway, um, I guess you want to take another caller. Is someone up? Yep. Yeah, Andy. All right, let me, uh, let me click you on here. One second. You there, Andy? Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, what's up? Hey. Oh, I've been listening to you guys for a long time. Long time, Frank. At least as long as you started with the original Pike uh, podcast there a long time ago. Wow. Yeah, I, I tell you what. I have to say I really appreciate uh, all that you've done with the uh, you know, Revol- Salvation Revelation and the Revelations uh, Network there. It's, I'll tell you what. I listen to it all the time, and then uh, Chris with your podcast and everybody else who's linked up, it's really made a difference, and I uh, just uh, really appreciate it. Cool. Thanks, Andy. No problem, no problem. You know, one of the things, uh, uh, Frank, you talked about a long time ago, and I think it was uh, oh, back when you were doing some podcasts about, uh, oh, uh, like uh, just in music, but it was was some time ago, maybe about, maybe in the 40s or 30s or 40s and the numbers, you talked about kind of getting the word out uh, through like uh, pamphlets and CDs and and all that type of stuff. And then that kind of died off. I was wondering if you ever kind of thinking of getting back into that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was, I I guess I mentioned that to Chris uh, not too long ago. Really, um, time-wise, I'm kind of strained, and uh, I would appreciate any help that anyone else could – could give, but I've registered another domain. I'm not going to give it out now because it's just a blank domain. But I'm I'm really hoping to, at minimum, put together some kind of a PDF file mm-hmm. with as much stuff as we can in it. People can, you know, that way they can email it, print it, whatever. Right. And uh, it's something that I really want to do, but uh, I just don't necessarily feel like I can do it all on my own. Oh, I hear you. I think that that's a, such a such an amazing tool of waking people up. I've just now I when I first started on my shows I used to talk a lot about burning DVDs and 
all kinds of different ways to get DVDs out to people and stuff. And I just got, you know, involved in different things or whatever, but I just recently got back to it just because every time I'm in the grocery store and see somebody with Diet Cokes, I'm like, man, where are those sweet misery DVDs, you know? Because you could save a life so easy, like here, you know? And then and then I always would pray before I would go into, like, you know, if I were on the way into a you know, supermarket or something to just lead me to somebody that would need it and I'd have these vaccine CDs on me and ever see it, uh, you know, a new mother with her brand new baby. And you just, I mean, who's going to, I mean, if you give them a DVD about vaccines and tell them something they were not going to tell, tell you on the news, I mean, there you've probably just, you know, saved a little kid's life. Oh, yeah, totally. And, I mean, uh, and the, the pamphlets thing, too, I think people could really do a lot of good with that. Oh, yeah, you know, like, like Chris, you just said how, uh, you know, sometimes you're, you're led to these people. Uh, in my line of work, I work in the hospital, I, I meet, you know, different people all day long. And I'll tell you what, it is the oddest thing, the number of people that I I get talking to because I uh, have to talk with them for at least 30, 40 minutes at a time. And I, I don't try to force any topics on them, but some I would say 40, 50% of the time our topics uh, drift towards uh, the things that you guys talk about here. And I'll tell you, it is the they they know maybe 10, 20% of the, of the things that you guys talk about, but then sometimes I wish I could just kind of run to the Internet and print them out a quick, uh, you know, check this out type of thing and go, you know, check this out. And I always point them towards your guys or websites and just say, you know, go go check these guys out because, you know, I didn't know anything a long time ago and I still don't, but I felt like I've learned a lot since I started to pay attention to you guys. Right. Thanks, man. You know, one thing, uh, I've really, really found out how hard it is to try to synopsize some of the things, even the simple things like, fluoride or something like that like when i did the conspiracy clothes thing i was just trying to think of what are the five things if i could just have five sentences that i wanted to say about fluoride and then doing the research and trying to see what i could say and what i could prove and everything same thing with 9-11 11 things what 11 things and trying to synopsize something that intense into that kind of thing or, or in this case like just a flyer that you could put on somebody's windshield or go into walmart and just put the whole thing i mean think about all the things that we need to tell people to wake them up i mean you got to start if you're starting from zero to going to zero to 100 here i mean you'd fill up a entire eight by ten sheet back and forwards and of small print and you still wouldn't have enough but Right. So so it's really the decisions of, of what it is that's most important. I think that's an individual thing because everybody has their own thing, you know, that they really feel a burden for, I think, more. Right. And and you don't, you know, like Alex Jones says, you know, a lot, a lot of times if anybody has that thing, I think that's a really good way to do it. And don't wait for orders from headquarters, you know, what does he say? Because I, I, you can just do that at your computer, you know, print out just something. But that takes some, that takes some serious uh uh, you know, uh, gumption because, you know, it's, it take to get out there and start doing that kind of thing. But right. I think a lot of people, I'm, I'm over talking here, but the, I think a lot of people got started with the whole idea with the Ron Paul thing. As I like the saying that Dr. Dr. Paul cured my apathy because a lot of people just realized like, Hey, you know, I just went out there and, and did something and campaigned or did something like that. And I think in that way, Ron Paul has awoken a spirit of, of uh, of something in people, and hopefully we're going to make the most of it. Right. I think so many times if I could just go around the uh, church parking lots and put a few things on their, some people's uh, on, on their windshields when they're at mass or at service, and uh, they come out to their 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 car and they grab it and they they look at it on the way home, and even if they just logged on when they got home, 
I can't believe the. I I keep thinking the number of people that maybe would would wake up or, or or have a different opinion. You know. Well, Eddie, you're right because like the things that you would probably put on there would be such a like such a, a have such a ring of truth to it. You couldn't just dismiss it. I mean, it's not like a car wash coupon. It's right. it's like what 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 is this? It's like nothing they've seen. It's like it's like a message from you know, some other time and place. And it'll just ring true to people, I think. So because a lot of this stuff, I mean, even as crazy as we sometimes think it, it must sound, it also is something that subconsciously I think people understand truth when they hear it. And I think that's kind of what 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 this what we do is all about, hopefully anyway. Well I think you're right. I think people are hungering for this information. I think I think uh, like you guys have talked about many times on your podcast when I know I go to mass every week, and uh, you know, and, and when you go to you go to church, you don't hear anything. You don't you don't hear. You, you get scripture, you get a nice uh, sermon, but nothing is 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 what it seems, I guess. And, and and like if somebody were to just get a tidbit of information, if they just were to to get a little nudge in the right direction, I think it'd open a lot of eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree more, and I don't know how many people heard the show I did last night, but it's like with all the stuff going on in the world right now, all this the weather problems, so many people dying, and what's the churches? You're going to tell me that they have nothing better to do than to worry about being able to endorse a, a political uh, a campaign? One of these people, they got nothing better to do than to talk about that. Right. And you know, I got a, a small Salvation Revelation is a small site. I mean, realistically, it's very small. But when I'm getting double the hits now with people looking for, basically looking for answers, I mean, they're typing in revelation and earthquake and revelation and storms and cyclone and stuff. They're not getting this information in church. I mean, you're right. And uh, honestly, anybody out there that has any ideas as far as, you know, how best to go about doing something like that, I mean, if anybody's like a graphic designer or whatnot and can... uh, you know, make a flyer or something. I'm I'm totally cool with uh, sitting down if we get, you know, maybe 10 topics or something and simplify everything down to just very simple terms. And, uh, you know, whether it's 9-11, what they're not getting in church or, you know, whatever, and just putting together a site with just concise chunks of information so that they can get started and we can pass that web address along. And I'm, I'm totally... That's that's something that I really really want to do. Yeah. So you know, if anybody wants to email us and and give us pointers or you know help in any way, please by all means do. Right. And I think it's also invaluable the whole idea of movies, not just uh, handing out movies, but also all of us that <laughs> seem to have at least you know are, are kind of I don't know if I'd use the word uh, veterans, but at least at least kind of feel like we have a handle on what's going on now to really start producing some movies like like on YouTube and stuff. I mean, again, Windows Movie Maker, everybody's got it on their computer. And it just takes a little bit of, of learning to get that program under your thumb. And you can really make some quality stuff. I haven't yet made anything, quali- well, I did something. But, you know, at the same time, it you it the learning curve is very, uh, very uh, easy to to. To understand so and we have so many things that of ideas that need to get across that way because quite honestly it's like translating concepts into um, something that people can 
understand and consume nowadays because it's just gone that way. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's something that takes, that does take time. So, you know, I don't know how many people actually have time and we live in a system where we're all pretty much strained for time and whatnot. And, you know, if you have the time, if you can, you know, do something, get involved somehow, some way. It doesn't even have to be with us. Just, you know, do, do something. Let tell somebody anything, you know, it doesn't even have, I'm not even talking about stuff that we talk about in our shows. You know, if you know something and you have a chance to share it, if you, you know, you can find a way to work in, uh, I don't know. I don't I don't even know what I want to tell you because I know how hard it is to talk about stuff and sound like you're a raving lunatic. Yeah. But if you get it out ahead of time, you'll look a little weird, but then when things start to happen, that that seed's been planted and whether they want to or not, they will remember what you've said. Right. And hopefully that will uh bring them at least one step closer to the Lord and to finding out what's really going on. Right. Right. I found that it's even hard in your own family. People you try to talk to. Uh, even today, I went and logged on and saw that stuff about the Pope and the the uh, you know the alien stuff like you guys were just talking about. And and I, I just quickly mentioned to my wife about how I thought it was so interesting how it, the you know the, the uh, England brings out their X files. The Pope's talking about the aliens. It just seems you know just like the U.S. government, nothing's ever done just just because there's always an agenda. There's always something behind the scenes and and I was talking about it and and she just kind of quickly changed the subject and didn't even want to really go into it and I was like boy you know even at my own home it's hard to even get uh, even to talk about it you know yeah yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes family is even harder than uh dealing with strangers I mean at least uh strangers sometimes won't exactly be as harsh as family members will when they just don't want to hear it right right that's like it's the hardest part you think they really would want to listen and they don't. <laughs> yeah. it, it is hard because, I mean, I, I always like, I know that I get on people's nerves and I know it's, it almost makes me probably, I mean, I've over the years I've been able to, you know, kind of know when to hold them, know when to fold them kind of thing. But at the same time, you know, people always have this critique of me like, Chris, you got to stop worrying so much, you know, and really I'm not worried is what I, I always say. I'm not, I'm really not worried. I'm just astounded, you know, that nobody thinks any of this is important or in this weird thing, you know, it's like it, it has to be half spiritual, you know, there has to have been some, some kind of psyop that we missed that we didn't even know existed that created this apathy, you know, it's like, when did, how did that happen? You know, how do we all not care simultaneously? Right. Right. You, 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 you would think that people would want to know and what, and especially if you're a Christian and you haven't heard, you just haven't heard this your whole life because you haven't been exposed to it, and you finally, you I don't know, you start getting this this information. I I can't see how people would not want to know. Yet they become ask, I don't know. They just they just like don't even want to hear it. It's like don't tell me that. I don't want to know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then you become borderline crazy. You know, <laughs> it's that whole stigma that goes along with uh, being borderline. You know, are you nuts or? You know, what's the deal? You watch movie after movie after movie where people that think this stuff's happening are crazy, you know? so. Uh, and, you know, know, a lot of pastors are out there probably, like, know about a 9-11, but know that they if they crossed that line and said, okay, guys, today we're going to talk about 9-11, what really happened, you know? Then 
everybody knows that that's that's the line, you know. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if it's true or not. I mean, it takes some serious, you know, getting out there to to decide you're going to do that. But I think, I don't know. It's just to me. I mean, it depends on how you do it too, because that's only like a part of the problem. If you're going to use it in addition, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff, people. Nine eleven. We can start there, but um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's like they've. I don't say they. I. I don't know. We have just made it an impossibility to even speak the truth by our own unwillingness. To, I don't know what. I don't know what it is. Well, look at look at Obama's pastor. You know, look at how they uh, the media has torn the guy down, and I definitely don't agree with everything the guy says. But uh, you know, some of it, some of it, I think is is uh, is valid. And you just hear over and over and over, this guy's uh, anti-American. He's anti-American. He's a terrible person. He's, you know, it, it's just one more spectacle to bring anyone that questions the official government line on anything into this completely negative light. Like this guy is, you know, just a shameful person in every aspect of life because he thinks America is due for some divine retribution. And, you know, talking about whether it's AIDS or whatnot, I don't know if AIDS was uh, man-made or not, but certainly you've had different eugenics programs and syphilis programs at Tuskegee Institute and everything else that that have gone on with, with blacks in this country. And you know, it's nobody talks about that. They're just focused on him being a, a, just a loudmouth, uh, racist freak, and, and anti-American beyond belief. And trust me, right. I'm by no means a supporter of uh, Obama or his pastor or anything. I, I'm just making a point here that, you know, this is what happens when a, a religious character or whatnot steps out of line. Yeah, I think they're. That's that's true. I mean, people are going to start realizing that. It's like, well, we can't. It's just uh, setting the precedent, and there's no better time to set the precedent than the election uh, media blitz. You know, it's it's a good time to really set the bar of what how we're supposed to feel about certain issues and what's over the line, and let's set the boundaries and let's let's decide what the gatekeepers where the you know. It's just every it's it's where the stupidest issues can become three day media frenzies. You know, it's the only time it can ever happen is the presidential election. So I guess I just take advantage of it. Yep. Uh, I don't know where you guys want to go from here. Yeah, um, I don't know either. Uh, we got any? Anyone else want to call? I don't know. Ziggy said he was working on his. Uh, his sound card there, so we'll see if we can get him up there after a little bit. But, but yeah, I don't know. It's just it, it is. There is so much stuff though. I mean, we we can do. And one of my friends is um, is a really interesting guy. He's uh, one of my best friends, and he he really he heard what a lot of the stuff I was saying, and I guess it it, it definitely sank in pretty good. I guess, but it really wasn't a thing until he actually was having a kid, and then we talked about the vaccine he had about three or four months to go and he really put his nose to the grindstone and, um, researched it. But I guess, uh, we'll get, see, we get a caller here, but uh, a few of them and I'll, um, I'll just finish this up. But basically he is such a, uh, a go-getter now, you know, he really is passionate about it after seeing the truth. And he just, he finds just interesting new ways to, uh, to tell people about the things that are important to him. And, 
it's just it's just like spirit the true spirit of um everything that we should be you know not not just american but you know even in, in christ i think that it's the whole idea of the great commission and everything i mean opening those um you know channels of conversation with people it's always a good end on that too because it always leads it back to the truth and the truth is always jesus i mean yeah. it it's so it's 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 a uh, yeah part and parcel of the whole thing okay i guess we get some callers here all right andy take care man Hey, thank you very, very much, guys. Problem. Thank you, Thank Andy. you. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, so... Hello. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, what's up? Oh, just been listening to you for a couple of days or a couple of weeks. Uh, just just really gotten interested in what you have to say, both of you, and um, listened to a lot of your back shows, although... Uh, Frank's got so much stuff out there, it'll take me a lifetime to listen to everything he's got up. But I just want to say uh, thanks for your good work, and uh, and I appreciate it, and enjoy it. Thanks, thanks a lot, man. It's All really right. good to hear. You guys, take it easy. You All do, right, man. thanks. Do this thanks. again. Do this again. This is good. Yeah, it's fun, too. The whole the whole thing is something I could really really get into here. And it seems to be working well. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. And this was just like the promotion of uh, Frank put out what what he put out, and well, this will grow by like twice the size next time at least, maybe even more. And we can just re- and we can start setting the time that we could do this, and and you know we'll we'll plan it out, and it's just going to be great. This was just a test, but man, it's it's turning out really good. Yeah. Does, does the talk shoe thing cost anything, or is it? No, it's oh, good. No. I mean, I, it's perfect. Really, is what it is. It's great. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot. See you guys. Thank you. Take care, man. Thanks a lot. All right. Let's, uh, Jiggy, you there? Hello, oh, testing. You testing. there? Can you hear us? Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> what up, guys? How you guys doing today? Doing pretty good. All right. What's I heard the-, the aliens are coming, huh? Yeah, yeah. It should be here any minute. <laughs> Speaking of aliens, let me click Mark on here, too. Mark, are you there? Uh, hey, guys, how are you tonight? Hey, all right. What's up? Uh, just just dropping in, um, <clears throat> listening for a little bit. Uh, this sounds great. This is a, a great format. Yeah, it really is. I mean, and are you calling in on Skype? No, actually, I didn't want to take a chance and, uh, <laughs> and blow it, so I picked up this cell phone, and I figured I'd just give it a shot from there. Right on. Well, hey, it, how are you it, calling in? I'm uh, using that uh, talk shoe. Are you using a cell phone or something? No, I'm using the computer. I I, uh, I downloaded that program, uh, talk shoe, and uh, try to configure my sound card to work with this because I got a Mac, you know, and a G5, so it's kind of weird. But I finally got it through, and I was just hoping I get it, you know, online with you guys. And uh, here I am. All right. <laughs> well, that's good to you know that you can get okay. it, do that. Go ahead. Sorry. I just was wondering what you guys have been up to. Either one. Ziggy, you first. Uh, well, me, I've been, uh, I've been pretty much, you know, touching up on this. Uh, I know you guys already touched on, you know, the the rapture, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. I came across this uh, theory called uh, pre-raf, and I got this book the other day. Uh, from uh, Marvin uh, Rosenthal, 
and I'm pretty much, you know, just reading his book, just trying to, you know, brush up on this uh, this concept or this theory of uh, pre-wrath. And it's uh, it's pretty interesting, guys. I'm uh, I I was brought up pre-trib, you know, from Assemblies of God, and uh, once I left that uh, denomination or organization, whatever you want to call it. I kind of started doing my own research and, you know, looking at everything, you know, logically kind of like led me to see the scriptures that, you know, I, I don't think, you know, it's going to happen on a pre-trip of all the things we're seeing right now. And, you know, George Bush wanting to, uh, you know, before he leaves office, he wants to get this thing, you know, wrapped up and he wants to get this, pre- this peace treaty going. Um, I was like, man. There has to be something in the scriptures that has to teach us, you know, the timeline of when, you know, when all these things are going to happen precisely. So I started, you know, falling into the line as a post-trib because it started making a lot of sense in regards to, you know, Jesus coming and, you know, and, and us, the saints, going through the tribulation. But this is my, you know, my my belief and my understanding. And I kind of stood there for a season. But then uh, I started doing some research because I'm always, you know, I'm never satisfied sometimes with some answers that I get, so I have to keep digging and digging. And uh, I came across, because uh, I only knew there was only pre-trib, mid-trib, and post-trib, and that's it. And then this uh, other concept comes of pre-wrath, and it just, it's just blowing me away. I just started reading the book, and I'm only on Chapter 1, but I've uh, been listening to a lot of audio teachings from uh, the prewrath.com uh, website you know, with uh, Charles Cooper. And, man, that brother blows me away the way he puts this all, you know, in, like, timeline, back-to-back. And uh, that's what I've been up to, you know, and um, doing some music, writing some tunes, you know, for some commercials and stuff, trying to see hopefully I get some uh, some of my tracks picked up by a Mercedes-Benz or a BMW or whatever. And uh, working, and uh, that's about it, just doing some podcasts and just just pretty much studying end times i think the lord is leading me to the end time stuff you know and uh that's where i'm at right now pretty much on the pre-wrath i'm just trying to see if this you know i I have these two ideas you know tossing them back and forth post-trib and pre-wrath and uh, i just want to see how this uh, theory you know falls in line with the scriptures and if it doesn't make sense or not mark yeah uh, you want to chime in on that? I know I, I, I'd like to hear your your uh, your your uh, input on that too. Well, you know, it's, it's funny because I, I jotted down prereth.com, and when we're done here, I'm going to head over there and take a look and you know um, see see what the, the website has to say. I mean, I you know myself as well was you know pretty much raised um, you know pre-tribulation uh, you know in the uh, the corporation that I belong to, but. Uh, you know, I've, I've kind of fallen away from that from that mindset at this point. I, I you know, I really don't see it. Um, one of the earlier podcasts I had done, um, Left Behind by the Jesuits, I think it touched on it a little bit. Um, really haven't gone too deep into it, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see what prewrath.com has to say. You know, um, it, it certainly makes it, it makes a lot more sense to me than than, than a, a pre-trip uh, rapture. That's for sure. You know, actually, the the I don't know. I did take the the first rapture show I did off the uh, off the server, but I, the one that I did as much research as I've ever done on pretty much anything, even though I still probably left a lot untouched and didn't do it very well. Um, the revisiting the rapture show—that's the conclusion that I came to uh, was pre-wrath. But then again, um, but then I think somewhat providentially, 
having David Lowe on there, who I don't agree with about the um, – uh, I'm sure this is such a hot button topic. I don't really rather not even get into it, but uh, but at the same time, I don't agree with David Lowe about some things. But um, I think that part of what he's saying is definitely falls in line. Uh, sp- but specifically, I don't. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I'd be interested to to hear what it, what they have to say as well. I think it's one of those um, it, it's one of those topics that that I, you know I like to try to remain open to. I mean, I, I think I've personally pretty much closed the door for myself on the, you know, the pre-trip rapture, but, you know, I'm still, uh, I'm not going to stand up and, you know, shout, hey, this is this is the answer. I mean, I'm going to keep my ears open and my, my eyes open, my heart open, and, and, and keep searching. And, you know, can't wait to see what Ziggy does with uh, with this, because you, you've come up with some, you know, some, some great audio posts there, and, you know, I really, really love listening to them, so I'm sure this is going to be great. Oh, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, really cool, been, been good. and it's it's also great that I mean it's I mean this is such a topic that is just so uh, heated, and I think the only way to approach it is is with uh, you know really letting our you know prides down and letting just let it let whatever makes logical sense happen. But man, it's just it's great that we can uh, you know all get along. Really, I don't know if anybody had a chance to the I just recently had heard somebody sent me some stuff about some. Some people are really, really uh, going after me about the rapture thing or whatever, but, um, but you know, I got, I got to hand it to them. I mean, at least they're doing something. Well, you know, it, it, to, to me, um, the, the 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 rapture has been part of the, you know, the the, the divide and conquer um, philosophy of of those who would do just that, you know, and and uh, you know, you've got guys like. Um, well-respected people, Chuck Missler, for example, who's a who's a pre-trip guy. It's hard to listen to Chuck Missler and not have a tremendous respect for the teachings that he does, and yet he's a pre-tripper. Uh, you know, so uh, <laughs> I think it's one of those issues where you know, at, at some point there are those who would deliberately use it to try to divide the church, and I think that you know, as Christians, we we have to understand that we're not all going to agree. Um, on on every aspect of um, you know biblical theology, but gosh, we sure as heck have to get along, you know, through right. it all and, and and understand that that at the end of it all, it's all about Christ, and that's really what it comes down to. Um, you know, I, I want to tell you, Chris, I think that was a, that was a really cool thing that you did, the way you took that that piece down because it said, you know, hey, this is what I believe, and you're real strong with that first piece, and next thing we know, several months later. You put up this other piece, and you know, and and saying, hey, you know, I, I learned something, and I think I, I disagree with what I said a long time ago. I thought that was a really big thing to do. Right on, appreciate it. Yeah. So, what about you, um, Mark? Now, you, I saw you put up the the uh, post about the uh, the uh, Indigo Children. How did that end up playing out? Well, it, it ended up with me not being very satisfied. I mean, um, I I kind of looked at it from from one perspective. I think I took it from from the point of view that uh, there are many people, this is being promoted, okay, and there are many people out there who are really overjoyed to jump on the bandwagon and say, hey, you know what, there's nothing really wrong with my child. My child's an indigo, and that's what it's all about. Um, and, and, And I listened to the podcast after I did it, and I said, you know what, this didn't even scratch the surface, and I felt a little harried. Um, in doing it because I had been waiting for Stephanie to do her part three on um, on the 
uh, what was it, the Sunday Law, and, you know, she's been very sick, and, and she wasn't able to put that together. So I put it up, and then I got a, a really interesting email on the show from a from a woman out of Texas who, who told me, um, you know, I've been involved in a lot of this New Age stuff. I've been saved. I'm washed in the blood of Christ, but I can tell you a whole lot about this. And she went on to tell me about, you know, uh, people who, who uh, indigos that are that are born with a certain genetic type that, that doesn't exist in, in non-indigo children, how indigos are only born to non-believers and not believers. So, you know, I, I thought about it and I said, wow, you know, I may have to, to go back to this and, and really do some type of a follow-up on it because, you know, I, I really don't think I did a, a thorough job on that. Uh, but it's a very in-depth subject. I mean, it's, it, it could take several podcasts to really make sense of the whole thing. Mark, uh, what what is indigo? Is it is it like kids that have like special talents? Yeah, that's what that's that's the way it's being promoted. It's being promoted as they are the um they're the evolution um coming into this Aquarian age. They are the next evolution, the spiritual evolution uh in man. And and they are special. They're teachers. Um you know, they're they're there's no other way to say it. They are supposedly this next evolution in, in spiritual um, thinking and, and, and spiritually sensitive beings. And so we as adults should actually, you know, encourage them, indulge them, and understand who, who they are and that they're here to be listened to and learned from rather than to be taught so much and, and guided. Um, when you read some of this uh, information on indigos, you know, there's again, it's that blend of truth and, and lie. There's a lot of things in there that sound good. Um, the teaching, for example, you know, where the teaching is based on the child's need rather than on the system trying to put the child into a box. You know, and that sounds good to just about any of us that have ever struggled, you know, going through a school system. But when you when you turn around and you look at what they're ultimately trying to do, they're, they're, some of these kids are so indulged, um, looked at and, and respected as as authorities at very young ages that they're pretty much allowed to run amok. And I think, you know, Chris, like you had said, they'll eventually become, you know, indigo adults. And, and I touched base on that podcast. There's a, a website out there and a guy named Toby who, you know, for 400 bucks a session is willing to, you know, help you adjust your molecular <laughs> structure to really, you know, to really bring the indigo out in you as an adult. So, uh, you know, it, there's, there's a, a, a huge, it's a huge scam. Um, but at the same time, understanding that some of these indigos may have something different in their genetics leads me to believe that, you know, there could be a whole big, genetic manipulation thing going on out there that is actually breeding um, a different type of a, of a child. And, and, and it becomes a very, very involved and, and, and complicated subject. And that's why I feel like I really just scratched the surface and, and looked at it from one tiny little perspective and still have a lot to do there. Right. I wouldn't doubt. I mean, there is a lot of um, the stuff that they're doing with uh, gene technology and stuff like that is just incredibly weird and like um, Cindy was talking about like all this money that they're throwing into the black hole of NASA to go to you know space projects that may or may not you know who knows what's going on with all the money that they're throwing into it um, but these DARPA stuff and all this stuff that they do I mean if you even go to the DARPA's website and just read I mean I'm not that they're into gene control or whatever but you know it's so it's such science fiction stuff I mean who knows what's going on with all that 
Right, and you never know what's going on behind the scenes. You know, whatever we're able to access and whatever we're able to see is what they want us to access and what they want us to see. You know, and and, and so it's it's so important, even though it may be maybe to some degree impossible, to really dig behind the scenes. Sometimes you almost have to look at what is materializing in the world and try to work your way back and figure out where did this come from. You know, so if I can if I can do some follow up on indigos and 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 find anything to substantiate some type of a a gene that exists in these child supposedly that is tested that can be found, try to work our way back and see if anybody's actually manipulating, um, you know, children to to be something other than what we're we're accustomed to, or to be right. made up medically different than we are. I'm not, I'm not I'm really not sure right now, and I'm I'm open to anybody that has information that wants to send it my way. I'd love to follow up on it. Right. Now let me ask you uh, a question, Mark. When, yeah. uh, like, what's the cutoff point for the uh, for the indigo children? Is it like a a date where they're born after a certain point? Yeah, there was. Um, I don't have my paperwork in front of me, but I'm gonna say somebody said they were born after 1980, I believe it was, and someone else said after 1978. Um, but but I could be off. But there, yeah, you obviously have seen that there is a specific date. Um, I have piles of paper here, but I, I won't find it that quickly if I try to dig through it. But yeah, there is a there is a date that these children are born after. And well, so, since we're, since we're sitting here, I just I had a thought, and it's probably a totally random thought, but uh, you should try check cross referencing that with uh, test tube babies. Right. Okay. I just Makes punched sense. that in, and the first one was born July twenty fifth, nineteen seventy eight. Well, see, that's very interesting. I'm right, making some notes here. <laughs> no, that's a great. I mean, I don't know thought. if it got anything to do with it, but I was just looking at '78, and uh, I knew that they had something to do with the '80s, but I wasn't, sh you know, early '80s, but I wasn't sure of the of the cutoff. Yeah, I'm almost sure. I remember reading in approximately the '80s, but I remember, as a matter of fact, it may be in this girl's letter that she had mentioned 1978. I'll go, I'll go back and I'll look at that. But uh, yeah, again, it's a, it's a it's a pretty involved study, so I, I think maybe what I'll do is from time to time. When I have enough information, maybe I'll do a follow-up on that podcast and just keep trying to, to uncover whatever I can. Mm -hmm. uh, Ziggy, did you hear uh, Cindy about the weather wars and all that stuff that she was uh, said earlier? Man, I did a I did a podcast show a couple of well a couple of months ago on that. I did, I kind of did like a series. Uh, yeah, I called yeah. it weather weather control, and I pretty much got like all like the. Uh, specialists that uh, cater to that, you know, on that field, like, you know, Scott Stevens, he's more like on the weather, you know, on the clouds and, and, and weather manipulation. Um, Dr. Nick Bigich, he was, he was pretty deep. I got that uh, audio clip from a uh, coast to coast interview and he pretty much breaks it down. He says that the stuff they got in heart, man, they could, they could look into inside the earth, see what's moving in there. And, uh, the weather, the way it's going on right now, man, it's it's really freaky. It's like I'm caught in between two worlds. I'm I'm thinking this is God, you know, sending you know the birth pangs, or this is the you know the global elites with the technology doing their thing and uh, just just creating you know chaos. Just just let's let's whack China now and let's just you know create a little little chaos over there and with the harp technology or whatever technology they got the satellites or whatever they just beam you know the electro uh magnetic frequency shake the ground and and we get that so i'm i'm in i'm between those two worlds right now i'm just trying to figure out 
you know, if it's us doing this, trying to, you know, make this thing, you know, one world order government kind of thing, or this is, uh, this is God. Cause I used to believe guys, I'll be honest with you. Every time I only believe that God controlled the weather, you know, I couldn't believe that, you know, we had the technology to manipulate tornadoes, you know, steer them, control them. And after I started doing that research and, you know, because I've always encountered people be like, oh, man, they don't have that technology to do that. You know, we, God is in control of the weather and that's it. But listening to Dr. Nick Bigich, you know, um, Scott Stevens, you know, Jeffrey E. Smith, you know, he has a book out on weather warfare and, and, and the technology that DARPA has and, and, and the Air Force by 2025 or 2020, whatever, I can't remember the exact year. They want to have dominant control of the weather. Like, they want to own it completely. So it just makes you wonder, man, if, you know, we only know things just because, you know, certain people leak stuff and, and, and some people write books on it. And these people, you know, don't have the mentality of God or Christ or, you know, biblical perspective. But I get all this information, and I'm just trying to, you know, connect the puzzles like Frank does when he does his, you know, his newscast. And I and it, it's all fishy, man. It's all fishy. That cyclone, China, we had a, a, a earthquake up here, you know, I think it was Illinois or something like that. I felt it down here in Nashville, guys. I've never felt an earthquake in my life, and I've been to different countries where there are earthquakes, and, they, and, and they've hit earthquakes, but I've never felt it. The one that hit over here in the United States, that one I felt. And that yeah, was like a four point, I don't know, five point nine. I can't remember the exact. It's just so, it's just so much stuff is just going on right now. I'm just losing track of of stuff. But I felt that. I felt the door shake in my in my room. That was like, man, I thought it was like a demonic manifestation. It's like, oh, they're coming to get me now. It's just <laughs> it, it's warfare. I'm ready for you guys. But, but I was like, man, I turned on the light and and then I turned on the TV and I started looking. <laughs> yeah, man, it's crazy out here, guys. I'm serious. And I looked it up on the internet, and, and all of a sudden, I found out that there was an earthquake. And I was like, man. And then, dude, like, all the volcanoes are erupting. Like, what's going on? Chile, a volcano that hasn't erupted in 9,000 years or 2,000 years or whatever, now is going off? I mean, what, what do you guys think about all this stuff? You think this is, like, manipulated, or you think um, it's, a, it's, like, supernatural or something? Frank? I think it's both. Well, I think you're right. I think, uh, you know, you can sit there and go back and forth. Is it, you know, is it man-made? Is it God? Is it God working through man? I think it's probably God working through man. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me at all if uh, just when they think they've got this crap perfected, they just screw something up. I mean, you can only do so much, I, I would assume, with nature before you really do start causing serious problems that you can't rectify. And, uh, you know, again, speculation on my part, but I can really see them doing something and, and it just uh, really going haywire and causing problems that were never meant to occur. But I, I think that we are going through uh, changes that are very much manipulated by people. Yeah, you know, and, and let me ask you a question. I mean, you know, Ziggy, you asked, is it God in control or, or you know, is it is it man doing this? And is it wrong to believe that... God, you know, will allow, you know, those that certain groups of people to to develop this um, ability and 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 bring these judgments down upon the earth upon themselves. I mean, saying that hey, this is still within the hand of God, but God's allowing man to bring it upon himself, and in that, the judgments that we read about in Scripture are being fulfilled. 
I hear you, Mark. You know, I was just thinking right now that um, I know I know that uh, it's a, this I, I can't remember the verse, and I think it's in the Book of Revelation where God says that uh, He's going to get those that destroyed or, or kind of like messed up the earth. And uh, there's a this 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 something in the Book of Revelation where it says that the dragon try to get like Israel and try to like flood her with water. Like like the dra- I don't know if it's like the dragon kind of like you know was spitting out water or whatever. Yeah. But something like like kind of like cornering Israel, yeah, like kind of like cornering Israel like in the mountains and kind of like trying to flood her. But then you know it says that God kind of like you know allowed the earth to like I guess open just cracks or whatever and let the water, yeah, so the water you know the earth could swallow the water. I was just thinking, man, I was like I wonder if you know with the technology or whatever, when when all this stuff happens in the future. That they 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 try to corner Israel, you know, up there in the mountain, and like they did, like at the Ho Chi Minh trails, you know. I don't know if you guys are aware of that, but they they try to, you know, that's when they were really experimenting all this stuff. I wonder if they're trying to like, yeah, I wonder if they're trying to like, you know, in the future, try to corner Israel, you know, the Jews, and try to like flood them and try to drown them, and, and God, you know, being that that's His people, um, opens the cracks on the earth and just lets all that water come down and still protects them. I was just. I was just speculating that, but that, that that came across my mind when I when I read that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just got chills when you said that, man. That's that's uh, something I never thought of, and that's uh, a heck of an observation. Oh yeah, agreed. I don't know what everybody else thinks about it. Yeah, totally, totally. I, I think I, I think I'll caught you most on that. Um, I got to listen back to it, but basically, I never, I never understood that part. And you know, where, where the flood and the opening up the, uh, the cracks, as you said, I don't know. I never had a, I never had anything for that. So, <laughs> yeah, that was that's that's my uh, my research mentality. I kind of like don't kind of like narrow it down. I try to keep like an open mind, and I just kind of visualize it. The dragon, Satan. Well, I don't know. It could, I can't see a dragon, you know, flying in the air, spitting water, but. I could I could picture the beast using the technology, and, and you could see it with you know with the manipulation and and all that stuff. That you know the Antichrist, the beast, whatever. Once that you know we get to that stage in the timeline of God where Israel you know runs and flees to the mountains and you know, and the beast wants to annihilate her. So let's you know with the technology because I know the technology has been given from the beast. Lucifer, Satan is giving all these, you know, guys up in uh, in Area 51 all of this technology and all this stuff. So they, these guys are just experimenting it and just getting it better until they got it really good and they could just do whatever they want with it, and then try to flood Israel and and, and you know, but you know we serve an awesome God because look what God does. He just <laughs> he just opens the earth and swallows all the water. It's kind of interesting. I, I uh, Barry Thomas wrote an article the other day talking about how. Israel, I mean, it's always been a trouble getting water to Israel, and and they have almost run out of water, and the, and the way that it gets there, and, and it's just a really weird situation because it was all basically set up to happen. It was like, for in a lot of ways, it seems like the uh, beast system has taken over a lot of. I mean, as you guys probably wouldn't, you know, wouldn't, you know, it, it could seem obvious in some cases have taken over the leadership of Israel and really are trying to kill religious Jews and trying to, you know, get, you know, they're, they're at war, this, this kind of, I would call fake Jews, the Sabbatean Jews, which really believe the opposite of the Torah as an article of faith, 
um, are really in control and are trying to kill Jews. And um, Barry Chamish, who is extremely good researcher, but not a religious Jew and certainly doesn't know anything about Christianity, but he is he knows a lot about these Sabbateans and what he knows their history and what they're doing and everything else. And he is, he lives here now in Florida because he's very convinced that, that the Israel is going to be totally destroyed. There's no option except for just the destruction of it because of the, all the missiles that are aimed at it and the inability to logically defend itself against them, the missile war and all this stuff. And I keep thinking it's like they, and his theory, um, it's a lot. It's very, very complicated. You have to understand a lot of things about uh, the two different types of I don't know Zionism, labor Zionism, and, and the, the good and the bad. Let's say. And and uh, anyway, um, long story short, um, I think it's interesting because they have set up Israel. I think they really do think they're trying to get all the Jews to come to Israel so that they can destroy them all at once. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, come back, come back. Everything's cool so they can take them out. Yet the divine intervention, I believe, will be God doing what Barry Chamish doesn't expect. And those, all those missiles, somehow it, it, they get spared. But it doesn't look good, as he would point out. Good point. I think, Frank, you touched on that a little bit today, too, um, or yesterday, whatever, in your last podcast, that, you know, the Israel that – that we think of isn't necessarily the Israel, you know, we know it to be or something along that line. I'm sure I didn't say it quite right. Well, the government, you know, uh, I do think that a good deal of the people are, you know, I I think the people are God's people, and I, you know, I have no problem believing that, but, you know, you you get the the flag with, uh, I forget how many points are on it, but five and six-pointed stars are, uh, you know, based in the occult and demonology and stuff. And you've got, I mean, you just look at Ulmert with uh, his uh, investigation going on now into his corruption and stuff. I mean, Americans, uh, we're getting to the point now where we, we know we can't afford to uh, continue to just uh, blindly support Israel. And um, people are going to be looking for, and, and like I, was, I got into this, I think, before you, you got here with the Zionist stuff, but... It's going to get to the point where we're going to see, and this is, again, my opinion, we're going to see that the people that have been behind a lot of killing and a lot of really bad stuff in this world are the people that have felt the need to uh, bring about God's kingdom on earth. And it's going to be that they, they were felt justified in doing what they've done in order to bring about God's kingdom because they have to do it. And uh, I think that you're going to have just a lot of disgust and a lot of hatred for Christians, and you're going to have a lot of hatred for the uh, for the Jews because people are not going to understand that not everyone is a Zionist. You know, not everyone feels that need and is willing to go to the umpteenth degree in order to bring about God's kingdom on earth. Yeah, yeah, but um, we, it's just it's true. But it's like every time I look at that issue, it's like in order to really get a handle on it, which I don't have a handle on it, just a brief, you know, just, just trying, getting a, the tip of the iceberg has made me realize that the iceberg is extremely, uh, you know, big, and and it really is a, a total war, I mean, against a people by the same people. It's exactly like America, and George Bush is probably Mr. New World Order, 
and represents nothing of Americans except for those that have totally been duped by the media. You know, in the same way, I'm sure a good deal of people look at this country and say, those Americans are just all horrible Christians that are trying to impose their their Christianity on the rest of the world and everything else. But it's exactly the same thing with the Judaism thing, I'm sure. But exactly the same thing, except just a touch worse because of um, the just... It's like a bloodthirst for one kind of what the for this killing of Jew like religious Jews like the people that really are religious and practice and try to practice it as much as possible you know they're they're being killed off while the ones that I don't know of course I'm gonna, I'm rambling now but I think you see where Let's I'm going. Look at the leadership. Can you can you justify? I mean, if if you're a Jew, can you justify Olmert? handing over control of the temple, hand, splitting Jerusalem up. I mean, it's a miracle that they got back there. They all view it as a miracle that they've returned to their land, and now they're going to have an official take that land and hand it over. I mean, clearly there are people, and, you know, it's the same in all politics. They pretend to be religious, whatever religion, you know, needs to fit the, the, the puzzle for whatever country they're in. But, I mean... He's not acting as a, uh, you know, a uh, an Old Testament, a you know, a Torah believing Jew. He's he's acting just like the New World Order shill that he is, you know. And he's, I, I don't know, I don't I don't really know where I'm going with this, but I mean, you've, when I say like Zionist, you know, whatever, I'm talking about a very specific group of people that are out there, and. They are not serving Judaism. They're not serving God. They're serving, in essence, like the New World Order. The same as George Bush is a Christian, and you know he's he's really a Christian. You know what I'm saying? It's it's not right. that these Jews are bad people. It's that these people are betraying the the, the true, you know, the true Israel. In you know that that's that's what they're doing. So I just want to make that clear. I'm not, I'm definitely not saying like. Jews are bad people or, you know, whatever. I'm just saying that there are people that are out there that, like we were talking about before, they're plants and they're set there to just make a mess of things and to leave or, or lay blame on a, a specific group of people. Yeah, it's false flag. It's false flag all the way. Yeah. And and it's and there's this driving force of the whole New World Order religion that is and that is to get everybody to realize, I mean, in one sense, this whole charade can be viewed as a big play to get everybody to hate Christianity and Judaism. This whole thing is a big orchestration and with a lot of different things going on and a lot of different actors and players and lights and smoke machines, but at the end of the day, at the end of this war, everybody's going to blame Christianity and Judaism, and that just so happens to be what it said would happen in Revelations 12, you know, so I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say, but I just uh, take the long road and the uh, windy road to get there. Well, when, when I when I made my statement originally, I wasn't uh, I wasn't just for clarification. I wasn't trying to imply that you know uh, we shouldn't be supporting Israel. It's just that I wonder sometimes which part of Israel you know Christians look at, or do they see Israel as those two very distinct parts? 
you know, uh, there are many people that will support Israel uh, blindly and just say, hey, you know, whatever, we have to support Israel. But like you said, the Israeli government is not necessarily the same as that portion of religious Israeli people. So, you know, I think we need as Christians to be careful about which portion, which portion of Israel we are supporting or what we're talking about when we say we support Israel. You know, when I say I support Israel, I support the Torah-believing, you know, Old Testament-believing Jews. I definitely don't support what I see, you know, is happening in the Israeli government. It's so obvious when, like, Hillary Clinton says what she says, which was basically, what was it, that uh, she'll nuke Iran if they invade Israel or something. It's so obviously just another line in the play, you know. It's just, it's so obvious that everybody in the world is going to look at that, no matter what they know about the New World Order, or if not, especially if they do know about the New World Order, they're going to immediately have the knee-jerk reaction of, there you go, there's your proof, this is all Jewish people, I hate them, and blah, 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 blah. And then on the other side of the fence, you're going to have uh, you're going to have people that don't know anything about anything say, you know what? I don't think we should be supporting Israel or whatever. But the fruit of the whole thing is uh, exactly what they wanted it to be. I mean, nobody benefits uh, positively from that statement by her. No, no, and uh, you know it just goes along with Israel being a burden, you know, upon everyone. And uh, it's I, I don't know. It's it's. Uh, it's just yet another prophecy coming true that no one seems to really understand outside of the fact that the United Nations put Israel there. And, uh, yeah, so Israel's there and we need to support them. Nobody really ever looks beyond that, and it's not as far as I'm concerned. Well, that's another good example of, of you know, and, and it's hard for me to believe that the United Nations' motive was was a pure one. <laughs> I, I just yeah. have a hard time. Yet they, yet they, you know, they were instrumental in putting Israel back on the map. So the question is, what was their motive? And again, it, it, it's what I said before. It's God allowing man to do certain things, which in turn actually fulfill the prophecies, um, you know, and, and allowing man to, to, to walk his own way, you know, into destruction, you know. Um, and I think in the in one level, too, it makes the people that actually made that happen, the people that really understand what their role is in the New World Order, be filled with this satanic pride in that, they are true believers thinking, look what we're doing. God doesn't exist. We are God. We're the ones making this stuff happen. Yeah, and so it fulfills this, this pride in them and them to further create, uh, you know, this loyalty towards Satan in, in that regard, I think, as far as those people go. Well, go back to Genesis. What was the temptation to Eve and Adam? You know, if you eat the apple, you will be like God. So whether it's a matter of you being able to control the weather, well, you know, as Ziggy said before, we, I thought God only controlled the weather. So, you know, you control the weather, well, you are like God. Um, same thing here. You know, you're the ones actually making these prophecies come through. It's not God. It's us moving moving the world in the direction that, that we believe it needs to move. Exactly. Hey, guys, you ever guys, uh, I just uh, typed in uh, Mason in uh, Israel, and uh, I got on the image on Google, and uh, this is one of the reasons why I don't trust the I don't trust the uh, Israeli government is because right smack in the middle of uh, in the city of Eliot, there is <laughs> there is the Freemason sign, a little temple, the Egyptian, the High of Horus, the Eye of Horus there, and it's right smack in Israel. Like the Freemasons are saying, like we we here and we have influence. And we control decisions, you know, made here in this uh, country. That's one of the reasons that. 
uh, if you type yeah. in Mason and But you Israel, also have to You'd have to also, I mean, I agree, agree with you 100%, and especially you should look at the courthouse there. Uh, that thing is uh, incredibly uh, New World Order to the bone. But, but and a lot of stuff is. A lot of that stuff's on Rockefeller land. But you have to realize the schemes of Satan have always been the same thing. You, you probably find Satan trying to be everywhere that is the most holy and sanctified and everything else. I mean, I mean of course Satan's going to set, set up shop and try to build in his entire kingdom in, in Jerusalem, you know. It doesn't mean really anything about, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't it's 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 now while I will agree with you that as I said, you know, these this uh that faction has usurped all the power or most of the power of the government. Um and in the case that it always did throughout the Bible and the tour times when a lot of those kings, I mean heck in Josiah's day that didn't even find the book of the law you know, in the temple, I mean, it was so far gone, nobody even remembered what the law was. Um, so it's not unprecedented in history, but it also have to remember, like, I mean, the devil is trying to be everywhere that God is. So it, it's hard to, I guess, I, I know I have these knee-jerk reactions to, to, defend, uh, to defend it. So, but I just, I just, I don't know, I have a soft spot in my heart for the, for the, the ways and laws of, of God, but I know you do too. Again, everybody does. Shoot, I mean, what am I talking about? But no, I hear you, man. It's just, it's, it's. You know, the thing is that we, we all, we all guilty of this because you know the way, the way the Israeli government and the Israeli people they have, they have allowed this symbol, and and I, I know they know what this thing means. You know, being you know set up and shop in their country, um, but we as a church too, talking now us as the Gentile, you know, engrafted in into you know, into Israel. We've allowed, you know, Santa Claus. We've allowed all this, you know, Easter. I mean, we've allowed all this stuff, you know, in 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 our in our world, you know, in, in the things of God, you know, and and we we're both guilty of it, you know, and and that's what I'm trying to wake, you know, some of my fellow friends and and you know and people that listen to the podcast show that you know we need to get out of Babylon. You know, Babylon is all over the church. We need to get back to the you know to the things that God you know commanded us to live by and and. And 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 follow his 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 rules and and, and his instructions and his you know his mitzvahs his, his his commandments, but all this stuff with Israel you know allowing all this stuff happening in there and us allowing all this you know paganism creeping in. Um, I heard Mark mention something about the Sunday Law, brother. I want to let you know that I got that book from the Nazarite uh, site website and. He was offering free. I don't know if he's charging right now, but when I read that, it makes total sense. Yeah. I could probably see in the future that they will, you know, annihilate, you know, Saturday. Everybody has to worship on Sunday. And, you know, the ones that the, the Latter-day Saints, whoever, you know, keeps the Sabbath, those those people right there are going to start getting persecuted hardcore. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's and, and I've done some podcasts with Stephanie, and, and you know, Stephanie is a, uh, you know, Seventh Day Adventist in her in her in her practice per se, and you know, um, she's very on top of all that. And, and you know, it's funny in her absence, I just downloaded. I was going to do a piece on on the, uh, the Sunday Law because I've heard it mentioned on a couple of other podcasts. I think Brother T had uh, an interview on that touched on it, um, and I'm seeing it come from from other places other than the Adventists. And and you know, I'd like to to get some of that out there. So. I have a lot of information here that I'm going to be working on. But remember that, you know, one thing I try to make people understand, and, and, and I'm sure most people do, this Sunday law isn't going to happen as a result of, you know, Catholicism shoving it down our throat. It's not going to happen that way. 
the Sunday Law is going to happen as a result of, of mainstream Protestant um, denominations um, going along with that. You know what I'm saying? You, you're not going to take one, one church and say, hey, we're going to shove this down your throat. It won't happen that way. It's, it's going to be the, the persuading of, of the, uh, the Protestant religions throughout the country. You know, you mentioned Christmas. You mentioned Easter. You mentioned paganism. When this country was founded, who was it founded by? It was founded by people who ran from from England, who ran from the Church of Rome, who ran from all the pagan practices and so forth, and came here wanting to worship in a pure um, and, and biblical way. And, and the paganism followed them across the sea. You know, and, and, and I heard in a recent podcast, I'm not sure which one of you guys did it, but I think it was one of you, you know, <laughs> why did people actually head west? They didn't head west for gold. They head west trying to move away from from what was overtaking the country, starting on the east and working its way across, trying to get away from, you know, from that, that, that influence of paganism. And, you know, we're at a point right now where, you know, as Protestants, we're, you know, most Protestant churches worship on Sunday. Um, we we've forgotten we've forgotten the Sabbath as 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 dictated to us in the Bible, and, and we've taken on the Sabbath of, of of what I consider to be a fairly pagan church. Um, you know, Christmas wasn't celebrated in the very early portions of this country's history, um, but most people would believe that it is. Uh, but the history books have been rewritten. You know, historical revisionism is is a is a big tool. And so, you know, everything is pushing us towards that, and I think you can start to see, I've done some podcasts on, on the apostate church, you know, and, and, and some people say a one-hour podcast is too long, and I'm thinking like an eight-hour podcast is necessary to touch on some of these subjects because you can't do them justice without it. Uh, but, you know, that's the apostasy in the church, I think, is part of a plan, you know. And, and so a lot of this is... is is being thrust has been thrust on on us as a country um, over many 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 years, and and most people don't see it because we're born into you know we're born into families and and into denominations that just seem to you know have absorbed and um, taken on a lot of these uh, a lot of these pagan practices and and carried them over as as truth you know so here we are worshiping not we but some people you know paying tribute to God with our lips, but our hearts are far from them because we take, you know, the, the doctrines of men and teach them as, as the teachings of God. And we pass and them on generation to generation. Here. We, we got, uh, I don't know if this is going to cut off because this is set for two hours, but we're at uh, like an hour and 57 minutes and a half a minute. So we got like two and a half minutes left. Okay. Well, you guys wrap it up. You do it. What we should do is go ahead and set a time for next week sometime around around the general time. So uh, if anybody's listening here, they can – I think we had a fun tonight. I think this is a really interesting way for everybody to talk in the chat room and to get on here and to, we could take calls and talk to people we've never talked to before. It's awesome. Absolutely, 110%. Probably the coolest, uh, the coolest time I've had doing any podcast so far. Um, I don't know what, what time is good for you. Chris, do you want to just announce it during the week or – uh, yeah, let's let's go ahead and do that because I'm I'm sure we'll have some things change between now and then, but probably sometime, probably you know around the same time next week, I'd say. Okay, there'll be uh right on salvationrevelation.com in a sidebar. I'll uh, once I talk to Chris, I'll probably announce it in the show, but there'll be like a countdown in the sidebar, and I'll let you know exactly when the next show will be. Yeah, and I'll do the same thing on my site. That's gonna be great. All right, uh, anything else? You got anything you need to? say or uh, promote or anything? 
uh, I just want to thank everyone for, for partaking in this, and I really look forward to doing it again. And uh, just God bless everyone and be safe. And uh, whatever you guys want to say to close out is cool with me. Mark, Ziggy, you got anything needed to be promoted? Uh, not really. just want to say I love you guys, Frank, Chris, Mark. I love you guys, you know, and Yeshua, Jesus, our Lord. You guys do an awesome job. I look up to you guys every day. And uh, all the listeners that uh, subscribe to uh, Revelation Radio Network and uh, to the Fourth Watch, I love you guys too. And remember, live or die, we trust in God. Shalom to all of you guys, and I'll see you guys uh, next week. And, uh, Thanks, I'll man. That and, and, you know, I think you guys did a great job here. It's a wonderful format, and uh, really appreciate being able to be a, a small part of that. Uh, keep up the great work. You you two guys are we're doing a bang-up job. You really are. Thanks, man. Right on. Thanks, everybody. All right, thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon.